Hey, this is Mike from EpicMarketer.com. I wanted to let you know that the episode you're about to listen to is from our archives and a podcast that I did called the Internet Marketing Podcast back in 2013. You'll notice that we reference the domain Mike'sPodcast.com, which I no longer own, but I still wanted to make sure that you had access to some of the great content and interviews from this session. So if you need anything in the future, please visit epicmarketer.com. Thanks so much and enjoy the podcast. You're listening to the Internet Marketing Podcast with your host, Mike Cowles. Hey, this is Mike from epicmarketer.com. And today we're going to be talking with one of my favorite marketers, a guy named Perry Marshall, who is just known around the world as being one of the top, most elite epic marketers for specifically paid traffic and conversions. So because this is a big focus in my business and it's something that is undeniable, I thought it'd be great to have Perry come in and, and talk to us, share some of his experiences both with Google AdWords as well as with other forms of traffic and conversions. So let's go ahead and jump right into the call. All right. Hey, Perry, how's it going? Great. Awesome. Glad to be here. It's an honor to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm I'm really excited. I've uh, been following your stuff for for quite a while, and you're really one of the uh, the elite marketers out there that a lot of leaders really look up to. And I'd like it if you would just to take kind of a couple of minutes and talk about how you got started, and 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 maybe if you can kind of give us a, a little insight as to how you got where you're at. Well, um, uh, it probably goes back. Uh, almost 18 years ago when I got laid off uh, my engineering job. Mm. Um, and uh, I had two choices. I could either move away from Chicago where uh, other jobs like what I used to do were available or I could do something new, which pretty much meant I had to go into sales. Um, and, uh, you know, I won't go into all the reasons why, but I went into sales. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I had this friend, uh, he made this remark. It was like, you know, Perry, uh, you know, you don't just stick a pencil behind your ear and like start this whole new career. This, you know, <laughs> there's a, there's a whole learning curve to that. Well, I think I'd like just gotten the job or something and I was all optimistic and, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, you're ch- you got that evil chuckle, right? <laughs> I've been well, there, man. I'm laughing with you. Yeah. I bet, I bet, I bet the next two years of your life was like a bowl of cherries. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, it, it was, well, it was brutal. Um, you know, and it was like, there was so many things I didn't know that I didn't know, you know, Mm. like, Oh, well, you know, I'm sure when I, when I, I bring this big giant quote from my customer that the manufacturer I represent is just going to like, you know, you know, fall all over themselves to deliver the goods for these people. Right. Right. No, then I got to go fight them too, you know? Um, and you know, just to get to the front of the line and, oh my goodness, you know, it was just, it was awful. (laughs) And, uh, you know, so I, I got to crawl over broken glass to find a customer and then I have to crawl over broken glass again to get somebody to deliver the customer what he actually wants. Oh my goodness. You have to be some kind of masochist to do this. 
right? Yeah. Um, but you know that was that that was my life, um, and uh, well, so after a couple years of this, first of all, I, I was in a real perilous situation. Like I knew I was about to be fired like any day now. Um, and my credit cards were maxed out and, and I had like a year and a half of nothing to show for, uh, and things are getting desperate. I got a, you know, a year old kid at home and my, uh, I've swore, okay, I'm not going to make my wife go get a job. I'll get a second job if I have to. I mean, things were, were kind of desperate and it's at that point that I stumbled into a world of direct marketing. Now, I had been accidentally trying to discover it for a long time already. Um, I just didn't know it. You know, like I would, I would concoct all kinds of ways of, you know, finding out the name of somebody that worked at a company. Anyway, this, is, this is the 90s. This is before the internet, by the way. <laughs> right? So, you know, I, I actually got pretty clever and I would even... I'd send postcards about stuff, and occasionally they would work. Um, but I, I had no roadmap to do any of this stuff. And, you know, the people in direct marketing have figured out a gazillion questions um, that, you know, that I, if I'd had to figure out on my own, it would take 100 years. So anyway, but I discovered, oh, yeah, there's actually a whole world where um, – you know, you, you sit down in the in the airplane, and there's a Sky Mall catalog. Well, guess what? <laughs> Nobody has to call you on the phone to get you to buy that stuff, right? right? And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, there's this thing called copywriting. It's called selling to people from a, a very far away, <laughs> right? <laughs> Yeah, and, automated and selling. Man, guess absolutely. what? You know, this exists. You can generate leads. You can cause the uh, the customer to come to you. You can use your expertise to your advantage instead of your disadvantage. Uh, um, when, when I was in pure sales, being an engineer was a disadvantage. Why? Because I was a smart guy, but by the time I pounded through gatekeepers, they just figured I was a pest. Mm. Right? So the positioning was horrible. Okay? I couldn't possibly start off in a deeper hole then after you know getting through gatekeeper and and schmoozing some guy and managing to guilt him to get in front you know to come in today to show him some stuff you know i mean it was awful and and my my uh, the, the the company i worked for was totally old school uh they only knew the old fashioned sales way they were good at it me being an engineer made it me made me even worse at it. So you're you're starting to get the idea. Well, so um, I actually got fired from that job, but I had been interviewing at this other place, and I managed to snag the other job without the other before the other. I got the job offer from the one guys before word got out that I got fired from the other job. So I go into this new company. And there's really just, there's a couple of differences. Um, one of them was that they had a website and they had a consultative approach to how they, they did everything. Uh, and the second thing was um, I was in a better situation for 
to get to get what I sold supported by um, the people uh, that that I was working for. In other words, if we made a customer promise, uh, my boss actually had the authority to make sure that the software engineer got on the phone with the customer and helped them solve their problem. Um, and you know, so that that was the main thing, and uh, and it actually started to work. And because we managed to get them to come to us first instead of us chasing them down, then when I actually did talk to somebody on the phone, they actually wanted to talk to me. Right. And they actually had questions that they wanted answered. And, um, and, and I, I stopped making cold calls. And I started being the consultative guy who knew something, and then because I was now in this world of direct marketers and I was pursuing education about publicity and direct mail and split testing and, you know, things that internet marketers probably kind of understand, um, (laughs) I was kind of, (laughs) well, kind of. Okay, you know, I you know, the people listening to this are going to be across a huge spectrum, I'm sure. Right. Of how much they know. Right. Um but uh but like I actually started being able to sell stuff and get a commission check and cover my nut and pay my mortgage um without having to do something humiliating. And that was like therapy. Oh my goodness. I, I think I've died and gone to heaven. You know, I, I made four thousand dollars last month, and like I didn't, or five even, and I didn't have to grovel. Right, right. My goodness, I mean, oxygen for the first time, and and I was like, uh, and and actually after uh, a few months at this place, and we started kind of straightening things out and adding a, you know, it's like you know this might actually work. What if I became good at this? Hmm. Like, what if, you know, I'm actually making a living here and I'm selling some stuff and I'm enjoying, you know, the process. What if I got really ninja good at direct marketing instead of just, like, adequately knowledgeable? <laughs> and that that's what happened. And, and I said, okay, you know what? I'm going to be – I'm going to – I'm going to be the smartest guy I, I can find, at least anywhere around where I live. I'm going to be the best guy at this of anybody. Um, and uh, and it was kind of a magic carpet ride. And four years later, the company got sold for $18 million. I had a little piece of the action from some stock options. Um, and I parachuted out and started a consulting firm. Hmm. And that was 2001. So let me ask you a quick question. When you said, you know, I, I want to become awesome at this, what was your key focus as far as becoming awesome? You know, following that 80-20 rule, there's a whole lot of things you could have focused on. Was it mostly copy or what, would you, what was your key focus? Well, um, I, for me, it was, it was a t- the tool belt of, of several things. Copy was certainly one of them. Um, if you're going to be good at direct marketing, you either better be good at writing copy or you better have a good buddy who is, because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's got to be persuasive and it's frankly, it's got to be deliciously persuasive. <laughs> now it kind of depends on what you're doing. 
if you're in the kind of if you're selling manufacturing equipment like I was, um, a B minus copywriter is just fine. <laughs> okay, really, mm-hmm. a B minus copywriter who understands direct marketing will 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 trounce everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're if if you're doing the kind of thing that I do now, you know, which is compete with other marketers, um, you know, and and try to be a thought leader in the marketing industry, it's a plus, mm-hmm. uh, and nothing less will do. You know, and one little piece of advice is good grief if you're brand new, do not pitch yourself again. Do not try to be a marketing guru <laughs> or pit, pit yourself against, you know. Um, ninjas and samurais, you know, good grief. Um, a lot of people do that. They get sold into it. Oh, yeah. It's like, hey, you could be just like me. You could sell millions of dollars of affiliate products. They have no idea, you know, what this person is really, you know, doing in order to make that happen. Um, it's kind of a, it could be, it can be quite a scam, but anyway <laughs> you, you know that brings up a good point how important is copywriting if you just want to do affiliate marketing versus your own um you know your own products or services well the real question is um you know what kind of affiliate marketing are you going to do i mean if you're if you're going to sell bar stools or or something like that i mean you can sell almost anything as an affiliate mm-hmm. um what I think is important is that, first of all, if you're new, you need, there's a principle that you need to observe. And the principle is, in the land of the blind, the man with one eye gets to be king. Right. You need to find a land of the blind. You know? Now, there's a lot of lands of the blind. You go to almost any trade show. You know, okay, they're selling restaurant equipment. Those guys don't really know how to market stuff. <laughs> I mean, they're just completely average, which average is like not very sophisticated in most places, okay? And and you should do a serious inventory of all the industries you've worked in and all the corners of the world that you already understand where you know the terminology and you know, you know, what's up and what's down. You shouldn't you shouldn't like fall for the thing of, oh, I'm going to go into some completely new business and I'm going to make a quick killing. I mean, there's more dead bodies on that pile than anywhere, okay? (laughs) But, um, you know, just go to a place where there's a lot of mediocrity. You go to any trade show in any big city, I don't care if it's New York or Chicago or Miami or Indianapolis, I mean... There's going to be a bunch of people that mostly, you know, like they have these really awesome x-ray machines and, you know, they barely understand how to sell them. And if you if you can figure out how to get them a customer and insert yourself into the deal, um, you know, and if it's it's a customer they wouldn't have got before, you know, there's you, you can catch yourself in. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but, you know, I mentioned copy, but there was a few other things. Um one was okay. You you got to you got to test stuff. You got to have this idea of you know version A versus version B. You got to be really clear because it's those tests um, that are that are going to determine. Th- those are the court of last resort. And I learned that really early because I had bosses who thought that what I wanted to do was ridiculous. 
okay, and that's normal, okay? If, if you're well-schooled in direct marketing, there's all kinds of counterintuitive things <laughs> that you know you should try that somebody else is going to think is crazy. Right. And, and, and the only way you settle the argument is with numbers. And once you've won five or six arguments with numbers, they stop fighting with you. Um, and, uh, another one was pub, pu- positioning and publicity. Um, you know, if you are, if you are speaking to audiences, writing magazine articles, writing books, uh, putting yourself in a position of authority on whatever topic that, that, you know, you sell on, um, the amount of resistance that you have from customers drops Mm -hmm. exponentially and you move to the front of the line. Like it doesn't mean your first in consideration, but it at least puts you in the top three or five instead of 30. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, you know, and, and, uh, and I figured this out early on and I was selling industrial networks, which to most people, this would be like the most boring <laughs> subject in on the planet. It's like how ones and zeros go across a wire. Well, right. you know, I wrote magazines about magazine articles about how ones and zeros go across the wire and why you should buy network A instead of network B or B instead of A. Um, and it was like pretty soon people saw my name everywhere mm. and it was just like any other industry. It, you know, any industry is a small pond. Hmm. Everybody knows each other. I mean, if it's an industry, like if it's a real niche, there's only so many people in it and you become a big fish in a little pond being a big fish in a big pond. Impossible. Being a big fish in a little pond, not very hard. It takes six months or a year, and it's like you are a player. Um, and and so I I did that. Um, and so you know a combination of you know back way way back we we got sort of good at SEO, and we learned how to write copy, and we learned how to like measure things, measure response. We understood that every time we advertise something, it has to generate leads. Our objective is generating leads. So we're measuring how many leads did we generate, you know? And then we play the publicity game. Well, you mix all that stuff together and you had a formula basically for a $4 million company that looked like it must be a $50 million company because we did so much stuff compared to how much other people did. And now when customers came to us, they had respect for us as experts and they wanted to know what we had to say and we did not abuse that trust. We gave them straight answers. If we weren't the guy uh, that, that, should, that they should be buying from, we told them. Uh, I actually started to enjoy. I, one time, I, I, I'm in Boston. I go to this. I, I'm with my sales rep who's local in the area and he takes me in front of a customer. And the customer's like, oh, I don't need your $200 circuit board. I can design that myself. And I go, good, you should. Now, let me tell you what's going to happen when you do that. First of all, it's gonna, you think it's going to take you three months to get it working. It's going to take you six. And then, you know, then you're going to have to um, you know, get it tested and certified. And that's going to take another three months because it's not going to work the first time out. And then finally, when you get it done, which takes you like 10 months, 
your customer is going to order the other network that you didn't design yet, and then you got to start all over. And so now that you've spent $100,000 doing round A, you can spend another $100,000 doing round B. Or you can buy my overpriced circuit board for $200, so whichever you want. <laughs> okay? And, and I see... If you listen to what I just said, it was like, oh, yeah, I know. I know. I'll, I'll even t- I'll tell you what manuals to go buy. <laughs> okay. If you want to build this, I'll tell you how. You want you, you know, you want to make beer in your cellar? I got this book on how to make beer in your cellar, but you know, I got a case right here. Right, right, right. You know, and, and that's a very, that's a very common thing. Um, and so, and I guess what the best part of it was all of a sudden sales went from being misery to being fun. It's like, I don't care if this guy buys for me. I'm going to see five more guys today, and they all wanted me to be there. And if you're not a fit, let's not, like, lay on our bed of nails, okay? You know, not every customer is a match, and not every situation is a date, so... You know, let's just sort through the good ones. And the nice part is I know there's always more coming. Yeah, you know, that that thinking is really common among the millionaires. There's a book I'm reading now called uh, How Rich People Think. And it's all about abundance versus scarcity. And, you know, like you were talking earlier about, you know, hot leads versus cold calling. And that almost always starts out with giving content, giving proof up front so that people can see what to expect. So it's not a what's behind, you know, curtain number one. Instead, (laughs) it's here's what we're going to do. Here's why it's going to work. And here's how we've done it before. We can tell you how to do it. And you can try and, you know, like you said, make your own circuit board over the next, you know, year, or we can do it for you. Right. Yeah. It's really beautiful. Right. So when it comes to, you know, the heart of making money online and really offline to its traffic and conversions. And you're really known as the guy that uh, can get traffic and get it affordably and then can figure out exactly which part of it uh, needs to convert. And you already uh, hinted a little bit towards split testing and how critical that is. Um, when it comes to you know AdWords, which it, it, from, from my experience, that was kind of what put you on the map, was you were the, the yeah. man for AdWords. Um, is AdWords still uh, a great, viable way to, to do business, or is Facebook taking over? Or what, what would you say about that? Oh, AdWords is still the main game in town, and I've got a Facebook book too. And I'd frankly love to tell you, oh yeah, you know, Facebook's like the the new, <laughs> you know, the new kid on the block. Mm-hmm. But it's really only the new kid on the block for about ten percent of the businesses out there. Um, and you know, I wish to God that it that I could tell you something different. Uh, you know, um, because frankly, I've invested a ton of money in research and course development, and everything else for Facebook. But there's really only a, a minority of businesses where it's, it really works well. And if you go to isfbforme.com, isfacebookforme.com, isfbforme. Um, there's a little 10 question quiz. It takes a minute and it'll give you a score from one to 10. It's really easy. Uh, you can answer the questions in your sleep almost and it'll give you a score. Well, if you got a score better than seven or eight, then you should definitely take Facebook seriously. Um, if not, you shouldn't, um, 
because really only businesses that are escapism oriented or entertainment oriented or really deal with people on a tribal emotional level do well mm. on Facebook. Okay. You're never going to sell automotive brake pads on Facebook. You're never <laughs> going to sell plumbing on Facebook. You're going to sell things like yoga and church and politics and, you know, hate the NRA and right. music and, and, and entertainment. That's what you're going to sell. On and, the big, and the big three health, wealth, and love. Um, yeah, but it's got to be squishy. Like, it yeah. can't be serious wealth. Uh, it's like patty cake, probably. Um, so, it's so gotta anyway. It's got to be squishy. That's one of my favorite quotes. It does. It does. It's got to, you know, that marshmallow center of their heart, like, you know, and, and to be, you know, I'm like on Facebook, like, the stuff I'm into is so weird and geeky, like, they're like, what was that? So anyway, um, so, okay, Google AdWords. So, so here's the thing about AdWords. AdWords is hands down by country mile, the most sophisticated advertising machine ever invented in the history of man. It can do more stuff than pre- almost everything else put together. Mm. All right. Uh, and it's really competitive. Okay, because it's so good. So like, um, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of people out there like General Motors, for example, I think a year or two ago, they pulled the plug on Facebook advertising and they said, uh, you know, we were spending 10 million dollars on this and it doesn't work. So we're not going to do it anymore. Mm -hmm. You would. okay, anybody that tells you Google advertising doesn't work would have to have their head stuffed in a cloud. Mm. Okay, Google Google AdWords brings billions of dollars to businesses, but you have to fight for it. Right. Okay. Um, so like, okay, in, in 2003 or 2005, you could pick up my AdWords book and read two chapters <laughs> and go do AdWords and you would be fine. Well, now you have to read at least half of them and like do everything they tell you and then it'll work. And, like, that's really about the truth of it. Like, I'm, I'm not even sure most people have to read the whole book. <laughs> but they, ha- they do have to read half of it, and they have to do half of it. Right. Or, like, forget it. So, like, you, you have to put a pencil behind your ear and, like, seriously, um, you know, like, learn the stuff. Um, and, and, you know... The truth is, if if you're going to do any serious business on AdWords, you know, you're probably going to be spending thousands of dollars a month, which means you should not be averse to spending some money on your education. If you need some coaching, if you want to go through a live training, like, you know, some of the ones we sell and like really learn it, don't even hesitate for a minute if because... Because otherwise, you will just pay Google stupidity tax. Right, right. And if you don't like hearing it from me, then go go to Howie Jacobson or go to Brad Geddes or go to whoever you want. But I'm telling you, people waste so much money give, giving it to Google instead of having a, a smart, well 
orchestrated AdWords campaign. So like AdWords has always worked. It will always worked. But you need to be in the top 5% practitioners in your market for it to work. And when you get above that threshold, then things get good. Yep. And I have a lot, I mean a lot of customers who give Google $10,000 a month, $20,000 a month, $50,000 a month. They're happy to do it. In fact, their, their, their worst nightmare is that Google shuts them down and won't take their money anymore. That is honestly, that, that is their, their biggest concern because it works. I, uh, I agree. I, I worked with a, a customer that owns... Uh, they sell Cub memorabilia stuff, and they're right across from like Wrigley Field. And mm. when I talked to him, he uh, he said our our physical store does I don't know like a hundred thousand dollars you know uh, a month, and their online store does like three hundred thousand a month. And he sa- he spends about forty grand a month on Google AdWords, and was thrilled to turn forty grand into three hundred thousand. Yes. And you know, it's great that you made that point because more and more, it's necessary for businesses to have both an online and an offline presence yep. in order to make the economics work. Yep. I, I'm sure he would tell you that having a physical score, store is a great advantage in probably a dozen not very obvious ways. Mm-hmm. So uh, real quick before I ask the next question about AdWords, I did want to mention if, if you're listening to this and you're driving or on the treadmill or whatever and you're trying to remember the link that Perry mentioned, uh, everything from the show notes is going to be at epicmarketer.com forward slash Perry. So that's P-E-R-R-Y. And I'll put uh, all of Perry's links to his site and Twitter and stuff like that as well if you want to get in touch with Perry. So uh, the, the, the question I have that, that comes up a lot, and I know this is a loaded question, Perry, but um, what can people expect to pay uh, to get traffic for AdWords, uh, or from AdWords, I should say, uh, for lead generation? So in other words, if I'm a consultant, let's say, whether I'm an attorney, an accountant, uh, whatever, but I want to build leads with AdWords, what kind of uh, you know, price should I be expecting to pay? Um, well, it depends entirely on what the lead is for but i would in in generalities i would say common cost per lead in a lot of different industries is 10 to 30 bucks um and sometimes more i mean there's a lot of situations where it's more um um i the question i always ask people is um I don't care what I don't care if you're a restaurant or if you sell, you know, industrial presses. Question is, if I had a magic gumball machine and every time you put a certain amount of money in the gumball machine, out comes a customer. <laughs> that's that's our gumball machine. How much would you put in the machine for a customer? You know, right. at what threshold would you go, "Ah, oh, no. I really wouldn't pay more than that." Uh, you know, so if you sell three hundred thousand dollar industrial press, maybe you would put thirty thousand dollars in, and you go, yeah, yeah, I'd pay thirty grand for a customer. For a restaurant, you go, well, I'd pay fifteen bucks. Um, but whatever that number is, like that's that's the most important question that you need to know about buying traffic in your business because, it's like, well, okay, so if you would pay uh, thirty thousand dollars for that three. $300,000 customer, then let's figure out 
all the ways that we could get you one for less than 30k right right uh, or a restaurant same thing so um and and if you've got to generate you know 20 leads to close one deal then just work that into your math and that's what you can pay for a lead now what i what everybody needs to understand about adwords and really all advertising media like adwords is this dynamic bidding thing and i think everybody kind of understands that but really all advertising is bidding based even if it doesn't look like it. Like, okay, how much does a full-page ad in Cosmopolitan cost? Well, there's a number that's in their, on their website. It's probably like $600,000 or something. <laughs> but then there's the actual number that you negotiate with the rep. Right. And the actual number might be 158 k and it's all based on how much space they've sold this month and how much they got left. Right, right. So it's still a bit, right? In TV and radio, it's all the same. Okay? So any advertising medium tends to drift towards the most advertisers are roughly breaking even acquiring a new customer. Or worse, really, because some of them are too dumb to know what they're doing. (laughs) Okay, and there's always dumb money in advertising. But basically, where it all drifts to is is if if, if, if you can afford to pay $20 a lead, Google advertising is going to tend to cost you $20 a lead. Right. And it's, it's going to usually be right at that threshold where you're starting to be uncomfortable of whether it's worth it or not. And the whole difference between the men and the boys is which ones can carry the sale a step further and develop a permanent relationship with a customer as opposed to which ones never get a customer back either because they were too lazy to pursue them or their company's crappy and nobody likes doing business a second time or whatever, but that's really where it is. Right. So th- there's that equation, and then there's the equation of all of the best practices that you use on AdWords to get your click cost down and your click-through rates up, and, and like that's a whole huge topic that yeah. I don't know if you want to get into or not, but... I would personally love to, but I think we'd be here for about 10 hours. And, you know, the the whole concept of a customer value versus a customer's lifetime value and tracking it and, and, you know, your sales funnel, that is a a great, great topic. But you're right. It's too big a can of worms to to open (laughs) up for sure. Yeah. So, so let's, let's, because we're uh, getting low on time, um, if somebody said, okay, Perry, you know what? I, I'm serious. I'm a business owner. I want to do this. I trust you. I respect you. I believe you know what you're talking about. Um, and let's say they have a 500 to to $1,000 education budget. What would you recommend? Uh, that's a really interesting question. Um, well, um, so let, let me be a little generous with your person. Okay. And let me let me first tell them that their $1,000 education money, um, they need to consider um, the first $500 they give to Google to be education money. Mm. Okay? Okay. You need to come to Google, especially now. I mean, it might have been different in 2002, but now um, you need to look at, at Google-like 
okay, I'm not going to expect that Google traffic and and the flood of customers it sends me is going to make my car payment this month. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's like a really crappy um, expectation to come to the table with. <laughs> you look at it like, okay, my first $500, I don't know if it's going to get me any real customers or not, but I am by the time I've spent $500, I am going to understand people seeing my ads, people clicking on my ads, which ads they click on, coming to my website, hopefully doing something really useful like, you know, filling out a form and becoming a lead and I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it in my gut because I spent my money and I saw the clicks come through and I understand what happened. Mm-hmm. Okay? Then I would spend the other 500 bucks on my mastermind club which that'll buy you five months of it because it's 99 bucks a month and will give you like an arsenal of stuff to help you. So if I may be, you know, self-promotional, like I think it's a killer deal. And the best part of the deal is the forum. We have a private forum. It's got about, uh, I don't know, 500, 700 members, something like that. And they're all brilliantly smart. And if you have a question, that you are stumped on, they will probably answer you and give you a good answer, and it'll probably take 30 minutes for you to get the answer. And it'll be better than the answer that Google gives you. Mm. Um, and uh, and it could be about almost anything. I mean, it wouldn't have to be about Google. It could be about you know your your sales page or your video or or, or almost anything. Um, and I think that's one of the kind of untold seekers of planet Perry is we have a great community. So, um, yeah, that's what I would do with, with a thousand bucks. Um, you could chop the number in half if you want, it would still work. Right. So for, for somebody that says, you know what, um, I'm a, a, let's say a dentist or chiropractor and, and business is good and I don't really have a ton of time and I want to get that education. I want to read your books or get on the forum, but when it comes to actually monitoring and tracking the clicks, what ads working, split testing headlines, stuff like that, is there a resource you can recommend for hiring? I guess it would be an ad manager or what would you say? There's just more of a process versus a well, resource. Yeah. Um, so first of all, Google AdWords is one of the harder things to outsource. Mm. I mean, it really is. Uh, and first of all, if you haven't done AdWords, it's really hard to tell the difference between a person who's good and who's not. Right. Um, but I'll give you a couple clues. Almost everybody I've ever met who's good at AdWords, like really good, learned on their own dime. Mm-hmm. There is something about spending your own money that just makes you smarter. Yeah, getting skin in, <laughs> skin in the game, brother. Skin in the game, okay? That is huge, all right? Secondly, they need to prove to you that they've done it. Um, like, okay, you show me. You took your own money, and you spent it on AdWords, and you made a profit. Like, show me. What did you do? Okay, like you've got to hold your feet to the fire, <laughs> and it's a little bit of, of of an uncomfortable question, but you must ask it. The good guys will easily and quickly answer that question, and they'll provide proof. They'll give you screenshots, whatever you need, um, and uh, the posers will dodge the question. 
Right. <laughs> okay. Um, and such a great eighties quote, the posers <laughs> will dodge the question. <laughs> and, um, and, and we, we do have a list of, um, of consultants, uh, that we, we provide to our mastermind club members. We keep it private. It's printed, um, like it's printed. We don't send it out electronically, you know, but we send you a book and it's got like a hundred of these guys with all kinds of different skill sets. Some of them are AdWords and some of them are copywriters and some of them are SEO guys. Uh, but they're all people that have been through our consultant training program. Um, so you can get that through mastermind club. Um, uh, but you know, wherever you get them, you got to ask those questions. Um, and, and, and also, if if you're too busy to do AdWords, um, first of all, before you outsource AdWords, you should hire a cook, hire a laundry person, hire a person <laughs> to clean your house, because those are easy to hire out. Right, right. It's uh, it's easy to find a cook. Right, right, right. They're almost all good. Okay, but it's a lot harder. So, like, hire a cook. And save yourself an hour a day and do AdWords an hour a day. And you'll come out like way ahead. I, I'm dead serious. I totally get that. What, here's, here's the thing that I kind of want to get to the, the, the heart of those. For some people, the, the way their brains are hardwired, mm. uh, the split testing and stuff like that is like pulling teeth. So uh, I, like, agreed. I, I agreed. So for that person, and, and I, I, uh, I'll completely admit it myself, I'm a creative person, I'm a talk person, split testing stuff is like watching paint dry. So you know, for somebody like me that's, that, that gets the concept 100% and can look over somebody's shoulder and see if they're doing it right, would you, would you still suggest they pull their hair out and do it themselves? Oh, no, no just learn it. Okay. Just learn it, and then after you learn it, um, I mean, it's it doesn't take like months to learn, mm-hmm. uh, but you need to be conversant with it. Uh, it's interesting you bring this up because <laughs> I've thought about this a lot. Sure, um, and and um, I created this tool called the Marketing DNA Test. I don't know if you've seen it. You know, I actually uh, am, am buddies with a guy from our church that, that works with you, and he's brought that up a few times, and I'm ashamed to say I forgot his first name, but, uh, but, uh, but yeah, he's brought that up a few times, the Marketing DNA Test. Okay, so it's, it's at MarketingDNATest.com. It takes you 15 minutes, and you answer some questions, and it profiles, like, this is how you sell. So, so like, some people sell by, you know, they're like hostage negotiators, right? <laughs> and they'll get in and they'll duke it out with somebody, okay? Right. There's there's other people, they would sell by like getting up in front of a room and presenting. And there's other people that would sell by sitting in the cave with their computer and writing a, a sales page, Right. And I mean, there's all these different ways. And some of them are person to person, and some of them are analytical, and some of them are emotional. And um, so if, if you go take that, um, you know, people, people who dislike analytical stuff won't like AdWords. And people who, there's another scale on the marketing DNA test, which is, live versus recorded. So hmm. some people sell live. Right. 
some people sell, I call it recorded, like, you know, they script it all and they write it all down and they edit it and they get it right or they edit the infomercial or they edit the radio spot and they get every word right and then they put it out there, okay? So people people who are live and don't like the recorded mode and people who... Uh, dislike analytical. You don't have to like analytical stuff, but if you dislike analytical stuff, AdWords will just test your patience. <laughs> right. Okay, so there's a couple of categories of people they don't really do AdWords very much. If you go take that test, it'll tell. In fact, um, after after you take it, a few days later, there's even uh, an email that you get about. So what does this say about how you do AdWords? And it even goes down that rabbit trail. Hmm. Um, and and there's and there's also there's some personality types that are really great at starting an AdWords campaign and don't really enjoy maintaining it. And there's other people that enjoy maintaining it, but starting one is a real chore. And hmm. so um, so I would actually suggest you go go take that, and it'll tell you a lot of insightful stuff. We created that test. Um, because I went through this very painful process of building a team and building staff and finding out that just because you have four bl- bass players does not make you the Rolling Stones. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, uh, and, 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 and I started asking myself the question, so what are the different selling styles? Because, you know, mm. back 10 years ago, I think one person could do it all in an online business and they could make a hundred thousand dollars a year. Yep. I, I think now it's almost impossible for that to happen. I think viable businesses today require a a mix of different skill sets and they need some people that sell in person and they need some other people that sell in some recorded medium. They need some people that are analytical. They need some people that are creative. Well, if you if you use the marketing DNA test, you'll figure out like the two or three key people that are going to make the magic all happen together. So uh, it's free, um, and uh, boy, if I could save some people some suffering. <laughs> so um, I appreciate that, and I think that sounds great. I I I'm always a kind of a bottom line person when I look at uh, advice to kind of keep track of everything. And so when I listen to, you know, kind of the advice that you're giving, it sounds like if I was that business guy that said, you know what, I'm ready to go. Uh, I'm ready to invest my time. I'm ready to invest my money, but I'm a busy person or I'm just a hate analytics, that kind of thing. The advice would be join the mastermind club, learn, you know, get your chops uh, and then maybe find a resource, one of the guys in there, so you can kind of look over his shoulder and see yep. that he's doing it right yep. and keep running your business. Yes. Awesome. Yes. Yes. So That's last perfect. question. Last question for you. Um, what is the most important advice you can offer marketers? Uh, know thyself. Awesome. <laughs> um, and and um, so the DNA test was was, you know, it it flows from that advice, but like I, I'm I, I'm really serious. Um, and and here's what I mean. So you you know whatever it is happens in your life, and you say to yourself, "All right, you know I want I want to be good at sales. I want to be good at marketing." You know you get bitten by the butt, right? 
Okay, so off you go, and man, there's all these people like, man, maybe I want to be like Frank Kern, or maybe I want to be Jay Abraham, or maybe I want to be, you know, whatever. And you get all enamored with it. And, and by the way, gurus and authors and personalities really do play a very important part in people's education. Mm-hmm. I mean, I... I I can't I think it's difficult for people to appreciate how important it is to learn this stuff from a person and not a textbook. I agree 100%. Okay. Um and so that's all great. But but there's one problem with it is you're not Jay Abraham, what? you're not Dan Kennedy, you're not, you know, Seth Godin, you're you. Okay, and what always happens is we start we get we get it we get all fascinated, okay, and then we get our face pounded in, <laughs> and then we're like all down on ourselves, like man, you know that would never happen to Jay Abraham, right, 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 or or whatever. Um, but the thing is, is if five years from now, if you're worth ten million dollars instead of zero. You're going to earn that money mostly by being who you are yep. and not by being somebody else. Yep. And you need to really be a student of what am I good at and what natural talents. And it's hard to see them because they are right under your nose and you don't necessarily appreciate what comes naturally to you that would be really hard for other people. Mm. And what you're going to make your money doing is some blend, some like, uh, what's the word? Uh, the overlapping circles, the Venn diagram. It's like, um, like okay, the hybrid. <laughs> it's like the okay. I'm good at this thing and this thing and this thing. And when I combine them together, that intersection of those three things is is a is a groove that almost nobody else I know actually has. Mm. Okay, and that could be any. It could be all kinds of stuff. I mean, it could be your basic approach to selling. It could be your personality. It could be the industries you've worked in. It could be uh, some particular angles you have in your education that other people lack. It could be markets you understand that hardly anybody else understands. I mean, it could be any number of things. But it's going to be that intersection where. When you put it all together, there's number one, there's people that pay money for that thing, that itch to be scratched. And number two, there's hardly anybody that can really just do that combination of things. The reason that I'm successful, I mean, if you could only see how bad I am at most things. (laughs) Seriously, okay? Sure. But I'm like really good at about six things. Mm. And that's the stuff that I do, and that's the stuff I speak about, and that's the stuff I write about. And like I make sure that I'm put I'm being my very, very best self in rarefied air. Hmm. Okay. Um two markets that have money. <laughs> which is another piece of advice. Go to markets that have money, please. Right. <laughs> okay. Like if it's little old ladies with social security checks and they don't have any money, don't them right right <laughs> so awesome. how's that is that 
It's fantastic. Answer. It's it's really great. And you know, uh, honestly, I give a lot of the same advice to uh, to my readers. And the thing that I just want to uh, reaffirm what you're saying that makes you fantastic is you. Yeah. And it's what makes you individual, and it's something that nobody can copy. There's only one you out there. And while there's there's you know sayings out there like there's nothing new under the sun, you know, and everything that's out there has already been done, kind of thing. Yeah, there's some truth to that, but your experiences and your personal mix of talents and lack thereof are what makes uh, your teaching and your products and your services um, more valuable than anything else out there. So once you do decide who you are and what you want to get good at and you start going down that path, then you're unstoppable. Yeah, so. it, it's it's true. And, you know, the guy didn't say there's nobody new under the sun. He said there's nothing new under the sun. It exactly. was things, not people. Exactly. And so, yeah, I think you uh, – I'll even step it up a notch. You should have reverence for yourself – as a divine creation okay mm-hmm. i mean i just come out and say it i think people are that unusual people are that special people are not just walking skin bags full of chemicals right i right. think what animates us is is much greater than any you know vat of chemicals and like i i, I don't think it's possible to fully um mine the you know the riches that you have inside without that level of respect Mm. and i think one of the things that happens with that too when you recognize how awesome we really are and that how unique we are and how special we are and how much work went involved to creating us and everything else um, that that's going to help us with our seeing the value of what we're offering as well. And that's one of the big challenges a lot of people have. And I know it's another can of worms, but but not uh, asking for what their services or products are actually worth is a big challenge. And once you recognize your own self-worth and that that's really what makes it unique and what makes it awesome and what's going to resonate with certain people and not with others, that's when we really hit that point of success. Yes, so bravo <laughs> so perry thank you again so much for coming out this was uh so much fun and i just this was our my first conversation with you obviously and it was so cool to hear how down to earth you are and uh just your sense of humor for anybody that wants to find out more about perry his main site is perrymarshall.com and i'll have uh, links to that as well as all the other uh things that we mentioned on the call at epicmarketer.com forward slash perry that's great, Mike. Well, thanks for having me, and you know it's an honor to be on your podcast. And you know, hopefully, you know, you know, the guy that's driving around in Wichita, Kansas, gets a little <laughs> inspiration that he can use today. Great, so. awesome. Have a great rest of the day, Perry. Okay, Mike. Take care. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Internet Marketing Podcast. Please tell a friend to check out EpicMarketer.com.